Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The theme for the month is what? Enforcing the covenant of exemption through... The love of God, the power of resurrection, and righteousness of the kingdom of God. What's the theme for the year? Walking in the spirit for open doors and breakthroughs. Now, every sub-topic you see us treat is within the entire context of walking in the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, uh, our scripture for, for, for walking in the spirit was taken from Galatians, Galatians chapter 5 from verse number 25. What does it say? It says, if we live in the spirit, then let us also walk in the spirit. The two are separate things. The two mean different things. To be in the spirit means the Holy Spirit is on you. It doesn't mean that be, be feeling shush, be hush, maba. That does not mean you are in the spirit. Okay. Romans 8 says, you are in the spirit. If so be that the Holy Spirit is in you. So to be in the spirit is, does not mean that you have all of a sudden become pious and sanctimonious. You are in the spirit because the Holy Spirit is in you. And if the Holy Spirit is not in you, it doesn't matter what kind of spirit is on you, you are not in the spirit. Hallelujah. And it says, you may have the Holy Spirit on you. Okay, he's giving the scripture. Romans 8 9. Everybody read. If indeed the Holy Spirit is in you. Simple. So what does it mean to be in the Spirit? What does it mean to be in the Spirit? So this definition of being in the Spirit tells you that you you must be in the Spirit 24-7 because the Holy Spirit is not going to go away. Whether you are awake or asleep, you are in the Spirit. Whether you are conscious of it or not, you are in the Spirit. But the problem is what I just mentioned. Your lack of consciousness. Your lack of awareness that so you are often uh, inclined. Your natural proclivity is to act in the flesh. It's to act per your emotions. It's to act per the, the dictate of your conscious mindset, which is devoid of the of the knowledge of the fact that the Holy Spirit is in me. And he says that Galatians, Paul speaks to the Galatian church and says. Once the Holy Spirit is in you, in other words, you are living in the Spirit, there is a step further you ought to take to distinguish you from everybody else is to walk in the Spirit. Praise the Lord. You may have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a partner, somebody that you are dating. The person is related to you, but you are not related. You are not working with the person. Oh, my meme, I don't have time. Is it true or not? Especially when you start doing Cold War. You, are in a, you have not broken up, oh, but you don't talk to the person. Who has done that before? Lift up your hand and stop. Dion can relate. May, you, your, may your mind never be messed up in Jesus' name.
So the person, you've not broken up, but have you seen that thing? So you are in a relationship. So that time, if you want to go out, you will not call her. You go alone. You are not working with her, even though you are in a relationship. That is how, that is, this is the problem for many Christians, why the power of the Spirit is not at work. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall what? Receive power. So, as long as the Holy Spirit is in you, there is latent power. Not just any kind of power. The power that created the heavens and the earth is resident in you. The kind of power, you see, he said, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. You can ask or think according to the power. Wait. Ask or think. In other words, there is no imagination of yours. That is too difficult for the power of God to fulfill. That power is not in heaven. The power to manifest your destiny is not in heaven. It's in you. He says, according to the power at work in you. So, the more you allow that power in you to work, the more you see the greatness of God. The less of him you allow or subscribe to, the less you see God's power. The reason why you like to call a prophet to pray for you and not pray yourself is that you have not exercised yourself in that power at work in you. That prophet has exercised his power. And you trust that one more than yours. But I pray for you this morning that your mindset will change. That you will know that the same God who is effective in any man of God is effective in you. He said, grace and peace be multiplied to you according to your knowledge of him. The more you know what he has done, the more it becomes your consciousness, the more you are bold to exercise it. When they bring a sick person to me to pray for, because I've exercised it from childhood, praying for the sick, I am not scared to pray for the sick. Because I know that the power no, is at work in me. So when I say be healed, I know the power will work. I don't need to find out whether it is immediate or not immediate. My own is to release the power. If the medicine will bring you instant healing or gradual healing, it's not my concern. My concern is to dispense the medicine. I know the medicine works. Is there, it says, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Then he asks a question, why is the health of the daughter of my people not healed? So the problem is not because there is no balm. The problem is not because there's no physician. Something else is the problem. And he asks why. And in that scripture, if you read, it was two things. Unrighteousness and number two, lack of knowledge. I pray for you that your Christianity will change. So when I say, ask your neighbor, did you, during the week, did you spend one hour consistently praying? What I'm trying to do for you is that I'm, I'm telling that 
as you never forgot to eat during the week. You fed the body because you want the body to look such shape. But let me tell you, anybody that is working in their spirit and has activated their spiritual senses, when they take a good look at you, they will see that your body is nourished, but your spirit is malnourished. And that is the reason why when you have a dream, you can't even shout the name of Jesus in the dream. Your spirit is weak. You fed the flesh. Jesus said, the spirit is willing, right? And the flesh is weak. You, you have fed your flesh. Your flesh is powerful. Your spirit is unwilling. For most of you, if God wakes you up at 3 a.m. to pray, what will happen? Christine, what will happen? Will you wake up, wash your face, and say, Father, thank you for waking me up. I come to fellowship with you, Lord, my lover, my, my, my husband, my friend. Oh, you say, Father, you give me two seconds. I'm coming. And you put the kuntu blanks in. I know one person who will do that. She's called Amanda. Please, okay. Cocosin, will you do it? Will you wake up? Will you wake up? Let's clap for Coco. Coco will wake up and pray. That's why I know. Hallelujah. You need to be alert. So I say, if you walk in the spirit, if you live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. To walk in the spirit is to be alert to the voice of God, to live your life according to what God's word is saying, and to be very obedient 24-7. Prompt and obedient. Prompt and obedient to his word. The Holy Spirit is not going to walk, to lead you in paths that is deviant to what God's word has said. Hallelujah. And so when we come and we say we are enforcing the covenant of exemption through the love of God, through the power of resurrection, and through righteousness, we are enforcing it through the same avenue of working in the Spirit. You understand me? Without the Holy Spirit to sponsor the love of God, you have no means of enforcing God's love. Because what is in there? Even though it is written that the Holy Spirit has shared the love of God abroad in our hearts. Oh, answer me. Is there love in your heart? Hmm? Small. Where did the greater one go to? Because Jesus said, because iniquity shall abound in these last days, the love of many will grow cold. The reason why you have left only small love in your mind is that in this world of iniquity, you think to walk in love is weakness and it's vulnerability. You, th- you call it being a f- playing the fool. The, the definitions you've given to the counsel of God is the reason why the Holy Spirit does not want to work with you. Because you think to work in love is playing the fool. That is a definition you give to it. So it shows up in your relationship. It shows up in your workplace. It shows up in the school. It shows up in every area of your life. You've decided to be shrewd in your own way. You've decided to be mafia in your own way. 
Obi be be de kan wan de be wo. O be che no bosumi e di amoko wo. Ene bosumi e di amoko ni esheto. But you see, you cannot expect the power at working inside you to come forth without walking in the counsel of the Holy Spirit. If you have a child and the child is disobedient, may God deliver you. You don't want to mind me. You don't like my preamble to the message I want to preach. So let me go to the message. I want to talk to you about the benefit of righteousness. The benefit of righteousness. Hallelujah. What is righteousness? Everybody defines righteousness as having a right standing with God. Now, I want to tell you something. To, to define righteousness as a right standing with God, you are just, we've just dealt with one aspect of what it means to be righteous. Because that is the positional righteousness. That is the one that you receive as a gift. You understand me? All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So all were unrighteous. Now Christ Jesus comes and takes away our sin by substitution and gives us his righteousness, his right position with God. He gives it to us and he took our place. Then he went to do something with it and then he came back our life still righteous with God and then went to sit at the right hand of the Father as our advocate. So 1 John says that if we say we sin not, we are liars and we make God a liar. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness, still maintaining our righteousness. So when there's righteous fall seven times, he will rise again. In every time he is fallen, he is still called the righteous. So the fall of the righteous does not make him lose the righteousness. And yet, if you dwell there, you are going to be sorry for your life. If you dwell in that realm, that says the righteous fall at seven times, he will rise again. So you don't mind falling. You are going to be sorry for your life. Because in this uh, testament, we, we, we serve God under better promises. And one of the promises that he said unto God, who is able to keep you from stumbling? Jesus. He is able to, God, keep you from stumbling or falling. So in this covenant, there is power to keep you from falling to that temptation. So that you won't confess if the righteous falls. If you will fall, it should be because you were really pushed. He said, I was pushed, but the Lord helped me. Do you understand? The Lord is going to help you. He is able to keep you from stumbling. And to present, look at the next sentence. Everybody read the next sentence. And to present you faultless before the presence of the Hey, are you sure you are going to be faultless? Well, I'm sure we should be here. But he is able to make that happen. And it happens to the extent that you yield to him. You understand? So when you come to church and you see me preach a certain way, and I'm not really doing, I said we are working in the spirit for breakthrough and for open doors. And you don't see me talk about open doors. It's not because I don't want you to enter open doors. In fact, quite the opposite. I want you to enter. But I'm giving you the key that will open that door. 
the key that will open that door, the key that will make the Holy Spirit want to help you is in you yielding and working with him. Do you understand me? So there's positional righteousness. We are the righteousness of God with Christ Jesus. Therefore, having obtained peace through his blood. We say we have peace with God. So, but that position, it gives you peace. It gives you that right standing. It gives you the ability to approach God. But then, he says in John, he who does righteousness is righteous. So, aside the position of righteousness, there is the acts of righteousness. The nature of righteousness. That becomes your lifestyle. Where the, the, the attribute of righteousness emanates out of your life in your speech in your actions, in your reactions, in your daily life, whether you are being watched under supervision or not, you, you are bearing the fruit because it has become your nature. Not just a positional thing, but a nature that exhibits in you. So, whether your husband is loving you or not, you are submitting. Whether the wife is respecting or not respecting, you are loving. It has become your nature. Look at God. He says to the shrewd, I'll show him that me are more shrewd than you. But when he mentions faithful, he says to the unfaithful, that one day God cannot contest. Because there is no way God will say, I'll show you that I'm more unfaithful. Because he does not have the nature of unfaithfulness. He is faithful through and through. Even in your unfaithful. He said when you come to him, now, person, turn and say we niat here. Now, Mister, but trust in the niat is saying, "Oh." But when you want to compete with God on being unfaithful, then that one you you are in your class of your own. Not even God can help you. God does not play in that league of unfaithfulness. It is not when God wants to be unfaithful, He will lose. You will win the unfaithful race. You don't understand it. He does not have what it takes to be unfaithful. He can't lie. He can't lie. He, he, he cannot say, I'll do this, and then he will refuse to. He can't lie. Are you here with me? He, he does not have what it takes to be unfaithful to you. The people insulted him for, for meat. And he says, ask, you shall receive. So, he cannot be unfaithful by not giving. But he wants to punish them for insulting. So, do you know what he does? He punishes them with his faithfulness. He gives them too much meat and then they begin to vomit. You don't understand God can kill you with prosperity. You are insulting God that, look at me, I don't have a car. And then he can give you a fresh car. You come and do two no. You go and do one and say, excellent. He did it to them. He said, you will eat it until it comes from your nose. Your neighbor, have you met God? Do you know Him? 
So God wants you to walk with him. And in walking with him, he wants you to walk in righteousness. There's a popular scripture everybody knows, but I'll come there. I want to give you some few definitions of righteousness, and then we'll come to the benefits, and then I would want you to pray, and then we'll go home. So righteousness is both positional and a nature. You understand me? To walk righteously or to be righteous means that you are in right standing with God. In other words, you and God, your relationship, there is no problem with it. And God made it so through Christ Jesus. When you believe in Jesus, no. He took away every animosity between you and him. First, we were enemies of God in our mind. By nature. Ephesians chapter 2 says we were sons of disobedience. We were children of disobedience. We naturally, we disobeyed God. Our normal tendency was not to be in alignment with God. If God says forgive, he says, who is so like that? Don't worry. I pray that the sifting season will not expose you. Praise the Lord. God sifts and the devil also sifts. The devil sifts in trying to prove to God that you are fake. But God sifts to, to make you better. He says the fruit, the brand that bears fruit, he, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. You are, you are doing well and yet you can't win him. He's pruning you. It's not because he has not seen that you are, you are not, you are forcing. It is because he has seen you are forcing. Those of you who work in the corporate world, you will notice that the employees that force, they don't go home at 5 p.m. They sit down. They are the people that their bosses give more work to. Your other colleagues may be going home more. But you, when you want to go home, even at 5.30, they say, hey, hey, why are you going home early? Sit down. Haven't you, it has not happened to you before. You know what, why they are doing that? Because they have seen potential in you. And so they want to groom you as a leader. The one who takes his bag and go home at 5, uh, 5, 4.59. Oh, no, no. Nobody, you, you bother yourself. But the one that you see potential, then you start correcting him. Small mistake, you blast the person. Hard. They can tell, tell you things that will make you feel bad. No. He's putting in you leadership qualities. He wants you to be perfect. He wants you to be what? Perfect. So that in his absence, sitting for me, and he is confident that all the rebuke and the correction has perfected. You know how he thinks. He will not come back to see mediocre work. Do you understand? That is exactly what God expects of you. When you are working with God, he's going to make sure that he prunes you. He's going to make sure that he orders your steps in him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you here with me? As if you have gone home. Righteous, to walk in righteousness is to walk in the life of God that is reflected in your life, in your mindset, in your character, and in your motives. Motives, motives, motives. 
You cannot be righteous on the outward and have your motive not aligned. It's not righteousness because God does not look on the outside. God looks in the inside. Who, who has eaten dates before? Who likes dates? You can go and buy, and dates are expensive. One thing that with dates is that you must be very careful when you are eating dates. Because you will open dates. The outside looks such a you open it, you see that a lot of uh, worms and uh, the lava, they are inside plenty. So if you, if you don't like opening your date, you just like to put them inside and spit out there. Jesus said, some of you are like whitewashed tombs. On the outside, you look shepherd. You look holy. You look righteous. But in the inside are full of dead men's bones. You have murdered so many people in your heart. So, you smile at people. Hey, how are you? I miss you during the week. Have a lovely week. Wakume mono. He turns around all day. The perfume that me 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 hugging the perfume now in your crowd. You are not correct. You are not correct. You are not righteous. God has made you righteous positionally, but you are not manifesting it, and that is what will make you a goat and will separate you from the sheep on the final day. May that be removed from you. May that be removed from you. You should should be very, very, very afraid to talk about your fellow brother. Paul says, how dare you accuse another man's servant to his master before whom he stands. Yes, God is able to make him stand. So if you see the weakness of your fellow servant, shut up. Tell your neighbor, shut up. You understand? I keep saying it. Don't be part of people who insult their bosses in this church. Don't insult a man of God. Hey, what is a source of way? They say, what say? Shut up. You, the things you do, if we were to talk about it, will you be happy? The things in your mind, if God were to bring your thoughts on the screen, will you be happy? You know why people like privacy? Because when you send your money or privacy, no, back will cry anywhere. So, I didn't know Mr. Wise says, Rest, Now, write these things down. Very, very important definitions. I want you to be very, take att- pay attention. Because when we talk about righteousness, we are dealing with. We are not dealing with a, a, a religious matter. Righteousness has nothing to do with religion. Righteousness has everything to do with legal issues. It's a matter of legalities. It's government matter. It, it borders on citizenship and their government. Now, you are a kingdom citizen. 
you live in God's kingdom. When you became a child of God, you were introduced to the kingdom of God. Jesus preaching. Is it Mark 4 or Matthew 4, verse 17? He says, and Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand or has come. The reason why he is asking you to repent, and I've defined the word repentance to you several times. Repentance means what? Change of mind. Change your mind. Change the way you think. Because the way you think is what defines your actions. If you are going to commit a sin, it is based on the information you have. The mindset you have about that particular act. You think it is right. But in this kingdom, it is wrong. Right? right. So he says, change your mind. Because the kingdom has come and you are about to be introduced into that kingdom. You need to align your mind to what the kingdom says. Now, everybody, as a citizen of Ghana, when you are driving... Okay, as long as your roadworthy is intact, your insurance is intact, you have your driving license with you. When you see a bike come towards your car, do you feel any panic? You are confident. Is that not so? But when you don't have your license, and some of you have boldness that does not exist in the world, you don't have body Is that not so? Hmm. When your insurance is dead or your roadworthy is dead and you see the policeman, the empty two people come towards your vehicle, how do you feel? Ricky says what? You are never afraid. Why? Let's take it like that. I like that. I like that. And this is this aspect of being bold in unrighteousness is another serious state of many people in the church. They are unrighteous, but they are bold. They, they have their own righteousness and they have denied the God, the power thereof. They have their own form of godliness. He knows he's not righteous with the law, but he's bold and final. The law enforcer is coming. He doesn't care. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you, everybody. You understand? It's another state of Christianity that has come now. They think because they have grace, being unrighteous with the system of the kingdom, they are fine. Jesus said, I will tell them in that day, I never knew you. keep telling you in this ministry, you are here. Make sure you live your life rapture ready. Rapture ready. As often as I told the morning service before, two ways of rapture. Your death or the actual rapture. Which one are you prepared for? Nobody wants to hear about death. But it is inevitable. This flesh and blood cannot enter heaven. It must be swallowed up in a different body. So one way or the other, death will occur. 
Everybody prefers the other. Or not, not the one way. Praise the Lord. So, to walk in righteousness is to have the right position, to be in right position with the government authority or the laws of the government. I said that you belong to a kingdom. This kingdom is run by the government, the governing system of Christ Jesus. He says the government is upon his shoulders and of the increase and peace of that government, there shall be no end. He said if you, he told the Israelites when he used them as prototype, he said, if you will obey and serve me, then you will become a kingdom of priests, not a religious people, a kingdom. So when he started from the onset, he was telling them that I am bringing you into a kingdom. Now, the word kingdom should not be a cliche to you. It defines everything. Jesus, speaking in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the same thing is in Luke chapter 12. After he gave us the mindset of the kingdom, from Matthew chapter 5, what you call Beatitudes, is, is he just telling the mindset, what the kingdom expects. You have heard it say this, but I tell you, this is the way. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are persecuted. He's telling you how the, 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 the rules of engagement in this government, in this kingdom, in this uh, country we call the kingdom of God. Do you understand me? That the life here is different. Let's jump to uh, Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 17. I want to show you something. Of verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13. So we all come to the unity of the faith uh -huh. and of the knowledge of the Son of God mm -hmm. to a perfect man, so to the measure this of... This is the vision of God for giving you prophet, apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist. This is the vision of God. Let's go. 12 and 14. That we should no longer be children uh -huh. tossed to and fro, uh -huh. carried about with every wind of doctrine Let's go. by the trickery of men the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Let's go quickly. But speaking the truth in love, uh -huh. they grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Okay. From whom the whole body joined and knits together by what every joint supplies. Let's go. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of, it, of itself in love. Amen. Now, I like the way he keeps talking about love, 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 love. It's not my, my preaching topic. That's why I'm not commenting on it. But let's go to the 17. Everybody read from 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. So you were a Gentile. I explained who a Gentile is many times. Okay. Not part of the commonwealth of God. Not part of the prototype. Not part of the family of God. Okay, and the gospel came to you and you believed and then your citizenship changed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God according to Colossians chapter 1. When you believed, when you trusted Christ, you changed citizenship, you changed nationality. You are no longer a frafra. You are a child of God. You are no longer an ega. You are a citizen of God's kingdom. Where is your residential address? Christ Jesus. 
If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, including your former identity. It is passed away. This is the truth. And you must enforce that victory. Now, he says, because you become a citizen of a new kingdom, do not walk like what the people that you belong to. If you leave Ghana and they give you green card to the U.S. and they give you a new citizenship, okay, you have changed nationality. Your passport changes. That's the first thing that changes. Your passport changes. So when you are coming to Ghana, you will require a visa. Even though you were born in Ghana, you have been born again into a new nationality. So you are not identified as a Ghanaian, but as a foreigner when you are coming to Ghana. Now, they say, therefore, because you have become a U.S. citizen, do not walk as a Ghanaian anymore. That's what he is saying. Let's read. That you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the the futility of their mind. Because a Ghanaian has a mindset that lateness is part of their life. A Ghanaian has a mindset that we work from nine, from eight to five and we go home. You go there and you see that people have ten jobs. Ghanaian have a mindset that laws are meant to be broken. And bribes work. But you go there. The policeman is not necessarily standing to see whether you cross the traffic or not. If you like, cross it. The futility of the Ghanaian mindset is that corruption makes people rich. Not that there is no corruption there. But I'm going to pen to him. What is that? MPP for no. I'm going to pen to him. Hallelujah. I was speaking in tongues. You know, these two political parties, they are very funny. There is one part, one side of the political party people, a certain type who are in opposition right now. They steal, but they don't know how to steal. They steal nyafu, nyafu, nyafu. Then the people in government, they, they went to school. So they steal with pen. You know they are stealing, but by the time you go and do your audit, you can't see anything. You know they stole, but I'm not accounting. No. I'm not balance stealing. No. Apostle, are you preaching and talking politics? I can talk about anything. I am not political. I don't support any party. I support God. You've heard me say this for how many years now? Praise the Lord. Put it back there. I'm about to run, okay? He says, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of, my, of their mind. 18, quickly. Having, the Having understanding their understanding. Mm-hmm. So, what You will always look for your kind and associate with them. You will always be nepotistical in your approach. You will always 
form clicks with the people that subscribe to your, your thinking pattern. He says, they have their understanding darkened and they are alienated. They are aliens from the life of God. He said, the people that you, you used to be part of them, now you are no longer part of them. You are part of the people who are not aliens, but they are the family members of God. So now walk as a family member. Walk under the dictate of the kingdom, quickly. Having the understanding darkened, uh -huh, everybody. being alienated from the life of God, because of what? Ignorance. Because of what? Ignorance. Because of what? Ignorance. That is where that is in, in them. Esan is say omu nim nyame abra bonyame nyame nyame mra. I fa Christo sum huninti no. Omu nanti biara biara. I had a northerner come and visit me. They were working on the farm some time ago. And then he was complaining about some of the, church, the workers in the farm. Then he said, And I said, Ah, do you know what Bessin is? Well, or not. And I said, What has Christianity, what, what has Colanot got to do with Christianity? Like, what is wrong with Colanot? Not knowing in the northern Ghana, only Muslims chew Colanot. So if you are a Christian, why are you also chewing cola nuts? So you see, the culture is informing the kind of righteousness of the Christian. So if I go there as a pastor and they see me hold my uh, bitter cola nut, which I like so much, okay, and I start chewing, they will be like, Papa, are you fake? On your righteous. Righteousness has nothing to do with the human culture of the day. Righteousness has everything to do with the dictate of God's kingdom, which you belong to. Philippians 3.9. Philippians 3.9. Quickly. Philippians 3 verse 9. Uh -huh. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is, which is from the law, uh -huh. that, but that which is through faith in Christ, uh -huh. the righteousness which is from God by faith. He says, I want to be found in him. Go to that. I want to be found in God, not having my own righteousness. Your own righteousness is like what the guy is saying. Once Mary be saying, me okay, me a good Christian. There is nowhere in the Bible where what you eat defines your righteousness. Wow. And Apostle D said, what about when God gave the law that they shouldn't eat this, they shouldn't eat that, they shouldn't eat this. He was trying to keep them away from certain things that would defy them because the blood of the lamb had not been shed. Just like he said, stone the witches and kill them. In the New Testament, we don't stone witches because a witch is not a human being. A witch is a spirit that lives in a human being that the human being has made an agreement with. So when you kill the human being, you have not killed witchcraft. That witchcraft demon will leave and go and look for a younger person, not an old woman, a younger person, and form an allegiance with the person. And if you don't break the covenant of that witch with the family, no matter how many people you kill, he will always find vessels in the family to use. Because witchcraft has to do with family 
bloodline uh, covenant. So I pray, I kill this witch, I kill this witch. It may happen, they will die. But it's not an effective prayer to pray. We bind and cast out that spirit like every other demon. And we destroy the covenant that gives them the legalities to operate. You shut the door, the family is free. How many witches are here? So, there is a righteousness that people have formed on their own by the law, by certain law that they have put, either by the old law or by the law of their family, their culture, anything. The Bible says, do not walk like the Gentiles. Do not walk like the way you used to. Do you understand me? So, have walking in righteousness means that you are rightly positioned. You are in the right relationship with the governing system of the kingdom of God. In your character, in your speech, and in your motives. In your what? Another way to define it is, is that you are in right alignment with the governing authority. In other words, where you operate, where if I Take your, your organization. You are in right alignment with your boss. In other words, you don't do things that your boss hates. So you are in right relationship with him. You are in right relationship with your husband. You are right in relationship with your wife. You are righteous as far as that system of marriage is concerned. Do you understand me? And when it comes to the kingdom of God, when you are righteous, it means that you are in right relationship with the governing authority of God. In other words, what the word of God says is what you are doing. What the word of God hates, you have separated yourself from. It means you are righteous. Do you understand? Are you here with me? The definition is boring you, eh? Don't worry. It will, it will be nice very soon. Write the last one down. To be righteous is to have a rightful, legal relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Rightful, legal relationship with the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God. Rightful, legal. The reason why I'm using rightful and legal is that many people, when they receive the Holy Spirit, okay, through their faith, think that that's all there is to it. They are doing everything that is grieving the spirit of God and everything. And they still think that the Holy Spirit is at work in them. No. You, once you flouted the legal rules of engagement and working in the spirit, the Holy Spirit keeps quiet. Another spirit. Because you cannot tell me that you have the Holy Spirit and you find nothing wrong in gossiping. Just because you can still see visions and prophesy, you think you are right. No. You are not in legal relationship. The prophet Isaiah was shocked the day he met God in Isaiah chapter 6. From Isaiah chapter 1 to chapter 5, he had been prophesying. He had been moving. He had been operating. He had been doing things for God. And then one day, God showed up. And without God speaking, he saw the glory of God. He saw the power of God. He saw God sitting on his throne. 
And then he himself shouted, I am unclean. My lips are unclean. I dwell amongst unclean people. Then the angel sanctifies him by the call of the altar. Then he hears a voice. Who shall I send? Who will go for me? Isaiah said, I will go. So, wait to all this while he has been prophesying. Who sent him? He was seeing visions. He was hearing voices. And he was prophesying. Now, who sent him? He was prophesying from unclean lips. He was doing what? The day he met God, God didn't speak. Oh. He said, I am undone. Let me tell you, the day you encounter God, you will know your true state. If you stop this motro moto fake Christianity and you study the word and apply, not study to go and preach or to go and argue for yourself, you will know. He says, examine yourself to see whether you are still in the faith. When you read the Bible and you are out check here, are you, am I right? That one you will know. You see, as a good student, when as a uh, semester is going and you keep checking your IA marks, you will know where your GPA stands. And by the time fourth year comes, you know whether you are heading towards Cum Laude or Cum Laude. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know whether you are heading towards first class or a three-hawk class. Praise the Lord. You examine yourself. Don't wait. Don't wait till the final day comes and, and come and pray for God to do magic. God performs miracles. He does not perform magic. Are you here with me? So you need to understand that you need to have a legal, rightful relationship with God. Because righteousness has, is, a, is a nature of God. It has to do with the fact that God himself is righteous. He cannot go against his own word. He is in right alignment with everything he says. He is faithful. He cannot be unrighteous to that faithfulness. His mercies are renewed every morning. In other words, every morning, he gives you new mercy. He does not make you depend on the mercy of yesterday. It is his nature. And when you become, when he makes you right, he expects you to walk in it. That you too, every morning, you show mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Would you say be a mistake? Now they are yet May God rescue you. May God rescue you. So, I want to do a short recap and then I'll go into the benefit. To be righteous means to have a right standing with God. But that is positional. There is also the nature of righteousness that is supposed to be part of your daily life where people see you and say that yes you are being with Christ Jesus that shows in your character your speech and your motives do you understand me that righteousness is what you bear fruit with it is what shows in your dealings 
with people, with, with your mindset, with your thinking, with your, your coming to church and going home is inconsequential if you are not producing that nature of righteousness in your daily life, especially in your marriage or relationship. As a child of God, one of the earliest and most potent platform God is going to give you to demonstrate your Christianity is your marriage. Hey! Because that place, no, you have somebody who confesses faith in the same Jesus that you say you confess faith in. And then Ephesians chapter 5 will tell you, out of reverence to God, to Christ Jesus, wives, submit yourself to your husband. To, out of reverence. He said, the same way you honor God, honor your husband. And he's saying that I should put my husband away. Yes. Yes. I didn't write it. That is the kingdom standard. You want to be righteous, do it. Okay. What did my, my husband say I shouldn't come to church? Yes, follow him. Apostle, what are you saying? I'm saying exactly what the Bible says, I should tell you. You want to walk in the spirit. We don't use human emotions. The weapons of our warfare in this kingdom, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God. God says, obey that man. Obey him. But he has a boss. So if you see that he's telling, giving you instructions that is not towards God, obey that instruction, but honor God. By coming to God and say, Father, the boss you gave me says I should do this. So I'm doing it. But rescue us. Is it him? You don't understand. There is a captain. There is a captain that worked in the army of David called Joab. He killed someone who was more righteous than him called Abner. One day, Satan wanted to destroy Israel. And Satan found a loophole around David and instigated him to number Israel. And then he called Joab. Major General Joab, come here. Go and number all the men in Israel and bring me the report. I want to see how many people we have for when war comes, we'll know how many men we have. And then Joab says, God forbid. May God multiply the people of Israel as the sand of the sea. But don't do this. You know God has forbidden us. Yes, you are the king. But there is an actual king called Jesus Christ, God. And he says, don't number. Because he wants, he wants to multiply the people. Don't do it. Joab, that David recognized as an unrighteous man. Why? Joab was a very, very um, fishy leader servant. He was mighty but he didn't have a correct heart. David knew that. David needed him but David walked with him. David knew that this man is not righteous. He was a mighty man. One day, David sent him to battle. He went to win and then when he came to the city of Jerusalem, he told David if you don't come and fight, I will win. If I win this battle, I won't give you the city. I'll take it. He had the audacity to tell his master that. David didn't like him, but David needed him. I 
intentionally pausing. I want that statement to sink in. David didn't like him, but David needed him. It's not everybody you fight. It's not everybody you don't like that you suck. He said, as long as it is possible, be at peace. That is what you need. Being at peace does not necessarily mean uh, you necessarily agree with what the person is doing. But you serve a greater cause. So you maintain the peace, the righteousness of that peace. So that at the end of the day, God's will will be accomplished. The judgment will be done by God. I don't tolerate this nonsense. No, tolerate it. Because there's a greater agenda. This is what you don't like in your marriage. You are not born again. You are born against. Are you learning? God wants to show you his power. Oh Jesus, so much power. But Usubaino is not righteous. He says, his soul that is lifted in him is not righteous. Make sure that you are deliberately working on yours on yourself. Are you here with me? Are you here with me? And so Joab will misbehave like that. And this guy who was unrighteous even recognized that what this king wants to do is not good. So he went and numbered Israel, but he said, No, let me not touch God's people, the, the Levites. If I number the Levites, maybe God will kill me. When God came, God started punishing Israel and punished David. Did God punish Joab? When your leader says do something, do it. When your husband says something, do it. Do it. If it is wrong, leave the punishment for God. You are not the one to tell your leader or your husband what to do. And Anybody near me that has been given a contrary counsel by the husband to do, you come to me. What is the first thing I'll tell you? Do it. And let's test God. You will see that that same person who will turn his mouth. Because the weapons of our warfare is not mighty through your emotions. Stop rebelling and think and think that by your rebelling you are being righteous. You are being unholy. Disobedience to authority is rebellion to righteousness. Jesus by far is greater than John the Baptist. By far, by far, he is the creator 
of the heavens and the earth. And nothing is made without him. All things were made by him. And he came. John saw him and said, Hey! I ought to be baptized by you. You are coming to me. For God forbid. He said, Suffer it to be so. For I must fulfill all righteousness. You are too proud. Pride and righteousness does not go together. Pride. When you are proud, you will go against rules. You will question every rule. If you were in Jesus' shoes, you question, Father, why should I go for this guy that I created to uh, baptize me? You are too proud. Tell your neighbor you are too proud. And I pray for you that that pride will be uprooted today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Too proud. Some of you, you can't stoop. He said, he said, do not mind high things. Condescend to men of low estate. Calm down. Don't mind high things. In other words, as a man, about your boss, things that is above your pay grade, shut up. I know that part of the scriptures. You have not read it. It's not in your dictionary. Are you here with me? So when God gives instruction, you obey. There's instruction regarding marriage. Instruction regarding your relationship with your bosses. The book of Ephesians is one solid book. Yesterday I was telling somebody that the book of Ephesians is so complete. Okay? It tells you who you used to be, what Jesus has done, okay, your position in him, and the things that God is doing to perfect you. Then he comes to show you your, the warfare you are engaged in and how you ought to be equipped so you will succeed. That is the book of Ephesians. He gives instructions regarding every aspect of life in the book of Ephesians. He talks to parents, he talks to children, he talks to slaves, he talks to masters, slave masters, he talks to husbands, he talks to wives, and he talks to government. That regardless of the station of life you are in, this is the Christianity God expects of you. Fulfill that righteousness. Praise the Lord. Why? As I mentioned, Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God. After much teachings, after much teachings, telling you, don't think about it. He said, give no thought. That scripture worries me all, all the time. He said, give no thought to what you will eat and what you wear. How many of you have not thought about what you will eat for the last week, this week, and tomorrow? What you wear, what you, where you sleep? So for you, or to see you see pretty slow and then, I'm sure you're on point. Babish, babish. Jesus, in this kingdom, gave us a new commandment. As I love, he said, give no thought to what you will eat and what you wear. Don't think about tomorrow what you will eat. Maslow, 
came up with a system after he studied human dynamics and human economy and to, gave us a triangle, okay, a hierarchy, and told us that the ba- every human being, your number one need is what you will eat, what you will wear, and where you will sleep. When you get that, then you start moving to the next level. Then in the next level. He said, this is the natural progression. He is right in the sense that that is what people do. But he is wrong in the sense that that's not what people are supposed to do. So Jesus comes and turns the, the pyramid upside down. He said, forget what you will eat. Don't think about it. What you wear, where you sleep. He says, a man's life does not consist of what he has. You are not ready for that preaching. So I'm just telling you in person. I know no matter how I preach it right now, you will not mind me because you are looking for money. If I turn my sermon and I begin to go into the realms of open doors for financial breakthrough, wow, what a service. Yeah. This week, But me can Don't worry. It's not in the fiction. Praise the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. This is what he's saying. Seek to become a citizen of God's house, God's government. Seek to become a, a citizen and seek the rightful ways of relating to the king. And then the things that you he told you don't think about will be added. Because in every government, anyone that is in right alignment with the governing, governing system benefits from the government. Anyone that becomes an official, even in a democratic system, becomes rich all of a sudden. There are things that are added. Why? In the Bible. This book is not a religious book. It's a constitutional document. In it are written your obligations and your rights. Say, I have rights and I have obligations. As long as your life is in line with their obligations, you fulfill it as an official. Because you are an official. You are a royal priesthood in God's government. What is going to happen is that every right benefit that must accrue to you, you will get it without you asking for it. Don't worry. I know why you won't say amen or clap. There is no way an unrighteous citizen of Ghana will plead for government benefits and will get it. 
when people break laws and become unrighteous with the laws of the country, their rights are taken from them. And and the legal system deals with them and actually plays them under prison, bondage, telling them that even the liberty you have to move in this economy is denied you. You forfeit legal rights the day you go unrighteous or rebellious to the laws of the land. And kingdoms operate differently from democracy. The kingdom of God is not a democracy. I want to go into the benefits right now, but I want you to get the foundation well. Kingdoms don't operate like democracy or a republic. In a kingdom, the king is the law. His word is the law. His palace is the court system. And he himself is a judge. God is a king. Out of Zion, the law proceeds. His house is a court system. He is judge. For you have come to Mount Zion. Amongst many things, God the judge. So God is judge. His word is law. In a democracy, the word of the president is not law. It, it is not even uh, a CLI. More friend is saying, uh, a LI, a legal instrument. The word of the president is not. It must go to parliament. Parliament must ratify it because before it can become a legal instrument. So when the president stands somewhere and gives warning to Russia that they should stop something, otherwise Ghana will intervene. I have no new opinion. Hallelujah. Even U.S. cannot warn Russia. Russia. But if he were to be the king of Ghana and he said that straight is an invitation for war. Because in a kingdom, the king chooses his citizens. In a democracy, the people choose their president. In a kingdom, the king, everything in the kingdom belongs to the king. So it is in the king's rightful reputation to ensure that his citizens are prosperous. In a democracy, it has to do with capitalism. The prosperity of the people is not the primary concern of the president, even though in the political system they will tell you, Motomamia, Bibia Baye fine, Mema fuel prices, Nabafem, Eba Shiradu Radu Radu. And if you vote for me, Ebeye Zu, Ebeye Za. When they come, then you see that Yebedi Ikeke. Do you understand? But the king, not so. The prosperity of the kingdom is his number one thing because a king's reputation is seen, a king's glory is seen in the well being, the welfare. That is why we, that is why 
when the church started, when the church started, they practiced it. The Bible says that everybody that owned something sold it and brought it. So nobody lacked. Nobody had more than enough. Nobody was poor. That is the kingdom of God for you. The king wants everybody in the kingdom to prosper. So he puts in place system. And this is what the government you have come to. This is the system you have come to say, I belong to this system. It is God's prerogative to ensure you prosper. I keep telling you that it, it is in God's interest that you prosper. God, it is in his interest that you, his child, you prosper. It is in his own interest that you, you are victorious. It is in his interest that no sickness will kill you. It is in his interest that no witch will overcome you. Otherwise, it becomes a dent on his reputation. So he says, when they were but few in number and they moved from nation to nation, he gave the nations a warning, touch not my anointed. He was not talking to a pastor. Touch not my anointing. He was not talking to a prophet. He was talking about his people. You are the anointed of the Lord. And he has given a warning about you to demons, to your family which is, touch not my anointed. You are that person he is talking about. The angels of the Lord, that's one of the benefits, encamp around the dwelling of the righteous. Once you are in right, when, you, when, when a normal citizen of Ghana becomes even an MP, you see that police people guard his house. How much more the king that has employed you as his emissary. Or say, once you are in right hand with him, he will give his angels charge over you. Every government has serious military weaponry. And that all the military apparatus is for the protection of the citizens of the nation. The kingdom of God has better security systems. I thought I was talking to Christians. Let me tell you something. Every security system of heaven is geared towards your protection as a righteous citizen. One who is in right relationship with God. That devil that is threatening you cannot kill you. That sickness cannot kill you. No threat from the pit of hell can work. That is why he says, no weapon fashioned against you will prosper. He says, and every tongue that lifts itself to accuse you, to condemn you, you condemn that tongue. Then he tells you why. He says, because your righteousness, your position with him is by him. He made you right with him. He said, between me and you, you are right and you, I am your friend. I have nothing against you. So any citizen that says they will accuse you, have me to deal with. That is what the scripture means. You don't understand it. Eh? So, when you decide that you will walk in righteousness, because of the people around you who may not understand what it means to be righteous, they will take you for a fool and try to make you suffer a lot. That's why people who are good suffer in this world a lot. They go through betrayal, backbiting, they do good and they are paid with evil. But that is the nature of man. But there is a God who will publicly glorify his name in your life. Then the people who did you evil will come and beg and say, me, I'm sorry. Now I'm sorry. Are you here? So don't give up on your pursuit of righteousness because of the attitude of people. Because of the people that 
take advantage of you. Be wise. But I don't like to quote a scripture in Ecclesiastes. That time, um, Solomon had corrupted his wisdom. He said, don't be overly righteous. There's nothing like overly righteous. I want to show you that scripture. Some of you will take it and you will use it against. So let's run. My time is almost up. Let's run. Take the first one I told you, okay? And let's go to this. When you, when you walk in righteousness, as we enforce the covenant of, uh, of the covenant of exemption through righteousness, when you walk in righteousness, you have an entry into eternal life. It, it is one of the keys that opens the door of eternal life. Please keep this. I don't have time to explain it, but this is a bomb. This is big. It tells you, when we say eternal life, we are not saying that simply living forever. We are talking about the life of God, Zoe, made available to you in abundance, such that everything around you begins to fall in place, as things fall in place to God himself. You understand me? The life of Christ made available to you. The governing systems and structures of God's kingdom being made available to you. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? Matthew 25, 46. Matthew 25, 46. Matthew 25, 46. Quickly. Matthew 25, 46. And these will go away. Go to 45, just for emphasis. Uh, clarity. 45. Uh-huh. Then he will answer them saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the, the least of these, you did not do it to me. Go. 46. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So, when Jesus was talking about from chapter 44, uh, 24 into chapter, he was speaking about what will happen in the day of judgment. And he says, the people who are righteous, and if you want to understand this scripture, go a bit back. He would say that the righteous people are the people who saw people who were sick, they visited them, people who were hungry, they fed them. People. So, um, so you see that your, the works you do, as opposed to what the superfluous grace preachers say that because you are saved, you don't need works. Jesus says that the works of righteousness will open the door of eternal life to you. So, Omo Omokacho said, What Produce the fruit of righteousness. Do you understand me? In your act. Ya doye. Udjo salaria. Utio taitha. Kakrebi na dia koma inyafo. Afe, no asha o mame, no asha o papa, no asha we bush ya for. I keep telling you, there are three types of tithe, and you must fulfill all. You pay tithe to the house of God, you, take, you pay tithe to the poor, and then you pay tithe to your family. Why are you looking at me like that? I've taught you this with scriptures. It's in your Bible. You've forgotten. It's in your Bible. You don't take one... If Jesus rebuked the Pharisees that the tithe that the people were supposed to give to their parents, then they will call it korba or something and then bring it to the house of God. He rebuked them. He said, 
the thing that they are supposed to do for their parents, because you people want money, then you take it. He said, you, you stand in grave danger of judgment. You don't replace one tithe with the other. The tithe for God. Some people say, I sorry, no, it's kind of me to command in here for. You don't take what belongs to God. When you pay tithe to God, you buy into his management system of prosperity. You are, it will accrue to you. When you pay tithe to the poor, you have lent to the Lord and God will pay you back in more than abundance. And when you pay tithe to your family, your parents, you keep for them, it will be well with you. There are blessings that goes with both. You don't take God's tithe and go and give it to the poor. Shy, are you looking at me like that? You've not heard it before. I've taught you. All right? Benefit number two. Benefit number two, quickly. He says the, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. When you are righteous, you will flourish. The guarantee of flourish is assured. You will flourish. Psalm 92 verse 12. Psalm 92 verse 12. You will flourish. Quickly. Put it there. When you decide to align to the things that the, the law says you should do, when you are working with the Holy Spirit, everybody read one go. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He and he shall grow, grow like, like cedar in Lebanon. Lebanon. I don't have time. I would have made, made them go to Google and write in the, the, the characteristics of the cedars of Lebanon. It's a, it's a strong, tall tree. Very quality tree. Used for, and very, very expensive because of its quality. Can stand many things. Can stand many weather. It is what, some of the trees that were used to build the Solomon Temple of the time. Solid beams. He says that you will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. What it means is that you will be full of sap. You will be strong. As you grow, you will be strong. As your days, so shall your strength be. Your eyes will not grow dim. Your, your arthritis will not catch you. Anansi will not catch you. As if Anansi is a policeman. Mununkum is will not catch you. You will not be walking like, ooh, no. At age 80, Caleb said, I am strong. The righteous will grow. He said, or if you read um, another, he said, and in your old age, you will still bear fruit. Look, the day you will leave the earth is when you have done everything and you are, you are bless your children and your grandchildren. Then you say, Father, I'm coming home. I speak over your life. You will not die through painful accidents and you will not suffer on the sickbed for a long time and, and stress and be crying. No. You will leave the empire. After Jacob had blessed his son, he guarded himself. He guarded himself. Onwana odaho. That is how you will live. You will know the day you will live. Not now. But when the time is approaching, God will show you. And you will live peacefully, joyfully, well accomplished. In the name of Jesus. No 
spirit of death from the grave or from anywhere will kill you before your time. You will finish your destiny. You will excel and you will pass on the baton to the next generation and then you will live peacefully. Hallelujah. No, anything planted into the earth to kill you is rejected and destroyed. Anything spoken into the atmosphere to bring you into sickness and disease is destroyed. You will not suffer. You will not suffer. I curse that transaction of the enemy. If it is a pattern in the family, I, I declare you exempted from it in the name of Jesus. He says the righteous will flourish. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree as the palm tree is able to withstand times and seasons. Rainy season, dry season, the palm tree still has green leaves. So will your life be. Amen. When storms blow, you don't see palm tree fall down. Why? They have many roots. Many roots. They are family. May God give you establishment. Amen. May God give. May the winds of life never approach you in the name of Jesus. Amen. May the storms of life have no effect on your fruit. Have you seen palm? Palm. The palm. For uh, the fruit of the palm fall down because winds are blowing. Mangoes will fall down, but not the palm. I release that grace on you. Amen. 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 Number three. Righteousness will bring you prosperity and honor. Proverbs 21, 21. When you walk in righteousness, you are guaranteed prosperity. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. Then everything you are looking for. But don't turn it around. If you start seeking prosperity first, it will elude you. He said, those who seek after riches, they pierce themselves with all manner of sorrow. But when you seek the kingdom, you want to please the Lord. You will be there. And somebody said, oh, I saw your business card somewhere. I want to give you this uh, $100,000 to, to, to augment it. No, I'm not, it's not, I'm not saying I want investment. It's not that, neither is it equity. I'm just giving to you. It's a grant that I will not even ask for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He says, when a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. It's one of the benefits of being righteous. When you are in rest and when you are pleasing God, you are doing the things God says you should do. The people that hate you, they are the people who, they, you see that one of them will come to you and start confessing and start telling you all the people who hate you. He will tell you about his team members. Praise the Lord. The people who are fighting you in the office, when they see, one of them will say, I'm born a chairman, but you see, we are a team. We they will start confessing. May God cause your enemies to confess. And may their weapons never prosper against you. Hallelujah. Proverbs 21, 21. Quickly. Everybody read. One go. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. He finds what? Life, righteousness, and honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you here? Or you have gone home?
Point number one. The, the righteous enjoys divine attention from the king. Divine attention. Every time. Every time. 1 Peter 3, 12. 1 Peter 3, 12. 1 Peter 3, 12. Quickly. 1 Peter 3, verse 12. Uh -huh. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, uh -huh. and his ears are open to the He said, prayers. every day, God's eyes is on you. Number two, his ears are open to your prayers. So every time you are anywhere, you may be in a trotro at the workplace. When you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, God say, eh? what are you saying? As soon as you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, God say, yes, yes, everybody keep quiet. My, my daughter, who is righteous, is talking. Hallelujah. You have his ear. You enjoy divine attention. Just his eyes are on you. Wherever you go, Yamini will also. Wherever, when there is danger, you see that God has exposed it. I was telling somebody last week that, why are you always crying? The fact that every time you come to church, God shows me your heart, what you are, you are crying, should tell you that God's eyes on you. Yamini will feel you. God, he will never forget about you. The fact that you don't have is because of the ignorance that is in you. Because there is food in the house. Oh, Jesus. I have joy in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. Jesus gave to me. And no man can destroy it. I have joy. In my heart, Hallelujah. Read the one Peter three twelve. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. On the righteous, and his ears are open, open to their prayers. But look at the wicked. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So God's face is not against you. To the extent that you are the righteousness of God, positional, and then nature, you are living it. You are fine. God's eyes on you. God's eyes are on you. And yes, his ears are attentive to prayer. So when you are righteous and you are not praying, you are doing yourself well. Because now, so it be so better on Bible. God delights to hear your voice. So what can one to? God wants to hear your voice, but you are not praying. Oh. May that ignorance leave you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's ask some few more. I know it's past 12. We we'll go home right now. Exactly 12 23. Hallelujah. Antichrispina, why are you laughing at me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The righteous has access to every good thing from the Lord. Psalm 84 verse 11. Psalm 84 verse 11. Access to every good thing. As you go home, this point I'm giving to you, Father, you have made me your righteousness. I receive that grace. I receive divine attention. I walk in it. I decree and declare that from today, I walk in divine attention. Your eyes are upon me. Your ears are here to hear my voice. Ears of God, hear I speak because it is written, whatever I say into your ear, that is what you will do. I decree I am prosperous. I have eternal life. I have good health. My children are intelligent, smart, and bold. 
healthy and strong, prosperous. By the time my children reach age 18, they will all have their three-bedroom houses. Now be dictating your prayer by the economy of Ekufuado. Hey, this economy there, as I simple minister meto. Hey, Father, I own a land at East Airport. I own a land at Roman Ridge. So I own a land at Cantonment. At Osu, 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 a uh, quarter plot of land, almost say $500,000. If you are saying you own one acre there, it means that you will have more. You know what to do with money. So the way you waste money is to buy plenty lands. Then uh, you look at somebody, your next door neighbor who has been insulting you, or the guy who was bullying you. Then say, "Guy, we may be embarrassing." No, I could talk private yet. Say, "Hey, Obraha, me person me buukumu." No, I talk off stream, amano, because you know he can't maintain it. We teach another day, or the mass how I join. No, I could talk land cruiser. Now the amano. After all. Teacher's salary are here. Only me so on TV maintain. Now they are embarrassing. I'm going to park it. Land cruiser or chamber or hall. Compound house on them. Now if you're a man for Canada power. That is how you're embarrassed. Apostle on you. May God prosper you. May God prosper you. May God prosper you. Hallelujah. These things I'm sharing with you, they are the realities of the kingdom of God. Do you understand me? They are, I'm not, they are not things to, to excite you. They are things to experience. This is the reality. He said, I've been young, I've been old. I've not seen the seed of the righteous forsaken. That's one of the benefits, but I'm not even going to talk about it. Your children will never be forsaken. They will never be forsaken. They will be helped. They will receive divine assistance. Isaiah 60, he says that and strangers will feed your offsprings. He said kings, will, they, they will suck the breasts of kings. Because you are righteous. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? I read, did we read Psalm 84? Verse 11. Everybody want to go. For the Lord God is, is a sun and shield. Everybody. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Not some good thing. He wow. said no good thing. No good he thing. will not withhold good marriage from you. Amen. Oh. Amen. God will not withhold good marriage from you. Amen. God will not withhold good salary from you. Amen. God will not withhold good health from you. Amen. God will not withhold good money from you. Amen. Good business. Amen. Good ideas. Amen. Good friends. Amen. Good partners. Amen. And your fake friends, oh. Good friends. 
He said, no good thing. No good thing will he withhold. No good thing. My brother, what good things are you looking for? He said, he will not withhold it. What is the good thing you are looking for? There is a God who honors those who walk with him in righteousness. May that God visit you. In this year, I connect you to every blessings of righteousness in the kingdom of God. Let me add two more. Let me add two more so that you can go home at 12.23. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you walk in righteousness, you will be lifted. Proverbs 14.34 It says righteousness exalts a nation. It lifts up a nation. This one is a whole preaching topic on its own. When you walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he will shed on your way. He will lift you up as you walk with God. I declare any uplift that is due you be released to you in Jesus' name. I declare that in this week, in the remaining month, days of the month of April, into May, into June, may every uplift in the standard of your life be released. Every contract, every blessing, every divine encounter, every spiritual encounter, any blessings of the Lord that make it rich, which must come to exalt your life, to exalt your family, to exalt your company. Let it come upon you in the name of Jesus. I release that grace. Receive your testimony. Receive your testimony. Receive your testimony. Righteousness exalts a nation. I declare by your life that in the name of Jesus, the work that God has given to you, you will not lose it. The breakthrough heaven has given to you, you will not lose it. As you purge your heart and align it to the right ways of the kingdom of God, may all the things be added, be exalted from the state you are in to your next level. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of friend. Let me add one last one. plenty. I listed plenty. So I'm just picking, picking some from it. Because next week I won't continue on this one. Hallelujah. Okay, I will add two together. Hallelujah. I think even this one, I just did the scripture. I didn't put a point because it was mesmerizing me. But the strength of the righteous is God himself. One of the benefits of being righteous is that God himself becomes your strength. Psalm 37 verse 9. Psalm 37 verse 9. And then we'll read Romans 5 17. They're all popular scripture. Psalm 37 verse 9 and then Romans 5 17. We'll close with that one quickly. Psalm 37 verse 9. Uh-huh. For evil doers shall be cut off, uh-huh. but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Hallelujah. Those who wait on the Lord are those who walk in righteousness. Those who walk in righteousness, they are those who wait. 
To wait on the Lord means that to know what he will say so you will obey. That means you are already righteous. Read it again. Evil doers shall, shall be cut, be cut off. off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Let's go. Uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and gift and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one. When Jesus you have Christ. righteousness from God, it sets you into the place of dominion. He says you will reign in life. I declare over your life, whatever has ruled over you from today, I turn the tables. The people here, they don't like it. I said, anything that dominates your life, you were created to dominate. I've taught you this so many times. Let us create money in our image and in our likeness that they may have dominion. God created you to dominate. From today, sickness will not rule over you. Poverty will not rule over you. Disadvantage will not rule over you. Witches and wizards will not rule over you. Principalities and powers will not rule over you. Amen. Difficult situations and difficult economy will not rule over you. I prophesy over you in the name of Jesus according to Romans 5, 17 that because you have received the gift of righteousness and abundant grace begin to reign. Amen. Begin to reign. Amen. Oh, sorry. I told you, I said, I to you, I said, be healed in the name of Jesus you will not paralyze affliction will not arise a second time you will not be paralyzed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I soak these legs in the blood. During the covenant of residential service, the feet was, have you done the direction of sprinkling the salt and the, who has not done it? Go and do it tonight. Sprinkle some on your compound. Go to the junctions of your house and sprinkle that. Every power, every deity that rules in that junction and in that community, and any spell that has been cast way before you even got there. Some of the communities you lived in, okay, many years ago, it may be the station of dwarfs. You don't know. When I was a student in St. John's Grammar School, when they built that, they made the Achimata Road, the dual, whatever, I met an accident one morning. People's brains were on the, on the, on the road into a fan court. It used to happen around that place and where the, the footbridge of the St. John's Grammar School used to be like. Cars used to kill so many students. One day I was praying in the school bush and God showed me that those two places once upon a time, many years, many thousands of years, uh, hundreds of years ago, fetish priest, it was a fetish house for certain fetish priests. The fetish priest left but the altar is still there. The fact that you don't see the altar does not mean that the demons don't see that place as their home. So when the cars are coming, they still demand blood because blood was used to be sacrificed there. 
where I used to attend church many years ago, in front of the police station, uh, Osu Riga Cinema Hall, the police station there, almost every evening, when we are doing, oh, can I One time, can knock the policeman, drag him underfoot under the car, sir, blood all over. One day, the pastor got angry. I said, We were doing all night. He said, Everybody come out. Some of us pass here, some of us pass here. We prayed the all night we did on the streets. That was the end of accident on that road. I want you to bring to an end any demonic advantage in your life. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even in our faith. God has given you victory. Go and dominate. Don't let the devil have access to your home. Okay? If you spray your bedroom and you don't fumigate your environment, mosquitoes will still come to your bedroom. I want you to fumigate your environment by the blood and by the salt. Sprinkle it upon your compound and upon the junctions that lead. You have made me the light of the world. Any authority of darkness that has been, I break it. I establish the altar of Christ Jesus. I establish the altar of prosperity. No power will steal prosperity from this. The people in this neighborhood will not suffer. Beginning from me. Are you here? So go and do it, okay? Lift up your right hand. My dear, can I pray with you, please? I want you to pray one prayer. Father, I seek the kingdom and I seek your righteousness. Plant me in your righteousness and let the glory of your righteousness rest upon me. Who shall abide? I say, who, who shall ascend to the mount of the Lord? Who shall abide in his holy hill? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. He who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor has sworn deceitfully. He said he will receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. It is after that that he says, lift up your head, O ye gates. The gate will not be lifted up if you have not received righteousness. Ancient doors, ancient gates don't lift up to unrighteousness. They lift up in the face of righteousness. When the righteous decrees, let there be. He says, say to the righteous, it shall be well. It shall be well. It will be well with that marriage. It will be well with that business. It will be well with that health. It will, days of pleasure is coming to you as you walk in righteousness. Lift up your voice and pray and say, Father, I align to your righteousness. I receive the gift of righteousness. I receive the position of righteousness and I receive the nature of righteousness that I may walk in your righteousness. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministry.